Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. And Abraham was old, well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. 2. And Abraham said unto his servant, the elder of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. So this is the first time in the Bible that you see somebody swearing to another person by putting his hand under the other man's thigh. And it's like showing submission that I submit to you and I will do what you say. The next time we see it, I think, is when Joseph has his son put his hand under under his thigh when Joseph is old. And in both cases, it's when a patriarch is very old and they make somebody swear an oath to them that concerns their future generations. Three, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife for my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. And this is a theme throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament, that the the Hebrews are not allowed to get wives from other nations because every time they do that, they end up turning to false gods because their wives teach them false religion. So Abraham doesn't want Isaac to start worshiping the Egyptian gods or any other gods. He wants Isaac to continue worshiping the one and only true God. He wants Isaac to marry another Hebrew. Four, but thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son, even for Isaac. Abraham came from Ur, but then his family, his father and his brother, traveled to Haran. And then Abraham left the rest of his family in Haran, and he went to Canaan, where God told him to go. So now Abraham is obviously going to send his servant back to Haran, where Abraham's relatives are living, to find a wife for Isaac. 5. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure, now peradventure means supposing, supposing the woman will not be willing to follow me into this land, must I needs bring thy son back unto the land from whence thou camest? So the servant is asking Abraham, What if I find a wife for him, but she refuses to leave Haran? Should I then take Isaac back to Haran? And here's Abraham's answer, 6. And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son back thither. Now Abraham would not want Isaac to go back to Haran because God had commanded Abraham to go to Canaan. And God promised Abraham in all of his generations the land of Canaan. So it wouldn't make any sense for Isaac to go back to Haran. In fact, it would be a slap in the face to God if Isaac went back. And that's why Abraham is saying, No, he cannot go back. 7. The Lord and the God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my nativity, meaning where you're born, and who spoke unto me and who swore unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He will send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife for my son from thence. There's three times where it's mentioned that an angel leads a patriarch. This is one of those times, although the angel is going to lead Abraham's servant to go find a wife for Isaac. But you could imply from this that the angel has been with Abraham all along. I'm not into angel worship, and you shouldn't be either. But there are times in the Bible where an angel was actually assigned to a patriarch. And I'm sure that you and I have an angel too, but we should never 
practice angel worship or ask our angel questions. The people who do that are actually talking to demons. It's a form of witchcraft. We always pray to God. We never ask angels for anything. They're only God's servants. But anyway, apparently Abraham knew that there was an angel who led him. And so he's saying, this angel's going to lead you. Now, I don't think Abraham saw the angel. He just knew by faith that there was an angel because he doesn't expect his servant to see the angel. That's why he actually tells his servant about the angel because he knows that his servant can't see it. So this is all by faith. So trying to see an angel is also witchcraft. That's not something that you and I should ever strive for. 8. And if the woman be not willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only thou shalt not bring my son back thither. So Abraham is saying, an angel is going to go before you, and he'll lead you to the right woman to be a wife for my son. But if she refuses to come to Canaan, then you're off the hook. You've done your part. You don't have to do any more, because my son will not leave Canaan. 9. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Interesting how they discussed what the servant was going to swear, and the servant agreed to it before the servant actually took the oath. So this is something that you and I can learn from. Don't make a promise until after you know that you can keep it. A lot of people want you to make a promise to them, but they don't tell you all the details. 10. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, having all goodly things of his master's in his hand. And he arose and went to Aramahariam, unto the city of Nahor. Now remember, Nahor is Abraham's brother, and he's living in Haran in the city of Aram Naharam. That's the city. And he took a lot of camels so that he could bring gifts, dowry gifts, for the bride, and then haul all of her possessions back. 11. And he made the camels to kneel down without the city by the well of water at the time of evening, the time that women go out to draw water. So it's where all the wells are. 12. And he said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, send me, I pray thee, good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. 13. Behold, I stand by the fountain of water, and the daughters of the men of this city come out to draw water. He's still talking to God. 14. So let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant, even for Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master. So the servant is actually asking God for a sign so that he'll be positive that this is the right woman. And the sign is that whatever girl agrees to give him water and then offers on her own accord to water all of his camels, that girl is the right girl because it's not likely that a girl would make that kind of offer. I mean, that's a whole lot of work watering all those camels. So he knew that it would be a miracle that anyone would offer to do that, and that would be the girl. So that's the sign he's looking for. So we can ask God for a sign if we really need one so that he will know. And also, a lot of times we don't need a sign. People today want signs all the time from the Lord. They always want words from the Lord. And you know what? We know God's will by reading the Bible. We know the difference between right and wrong. So read the Bible. 
And then you won't have that many questions for God. I think people today ask God way too many questions, and it's because they love their own sin, and they don't want to give up sin. So they try to say, well, God, you know, give me a sign. But God already gave us a sign. It's his word in the Bible. And all we have to do is read it and obey. And for most cases, that's your sign. 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the fountain and filled her pitcher, and came up. 17. And the servant ran to meet her, and said, Give me to drink, I pray thee, a little water for of thy pitcher. Now remember, according to this bargain, he can ask her for water, but he can't ask her to, to water his camels. She has to offer that. 18. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hastened and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. 19. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw for thy camels also until they have done drinking. So she doesn't even ask, Can I, would your camels like a drink? She just says, I'm going to give your camels water. She's already made her decision. 20. And she hastened and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw and drew for all his camels. 21. And the man looked steadfastly on her, holding his peace, meaning he didn't speak, to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Now, he knows that this is the girl, because she's done exactly according to what he asked God the sign to be. The reason the verse is saying to know whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous is because even though she's the girl that God picked out, she might refuse to go back to Canaan. She herself can say no to God's will, and that's true of all of us. Even though God does have a calling for all of us, a personal ministry, we can say no. So the servant doesn't know if his journey is going to be prosperous until he finds out if the girl is going to say yes or no. 22. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden ring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. 23. And said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee. Is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? 24. And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore unto Naor. So now the servant knows that he has met kindred of Abraham, because he knows that Naor is Abraham's brother. 25. She said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in, and that's food for the camels. 26. And the man bowed his head and prostrated himself before the Lord. So now he's worshiping the Lord on the spot. And that's what you and I need to do too. When God blesses us, we need to tell him thank you on the spot. Don't save it for later. Don't wait until you're alone. Praise the Lord right in front of people. And this is something the Lord's taught me in recent years. To use every opportunity to glorify his name. So whenever something good happens, I praise the Lord in front of whoever I'm talking to. 27. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who hath not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord hath led me in the way to the house of my master's brethren. So now she knows that he's a servant of Abraham. 28. And the damsel ran and, and told her mother's house according to these words. Now her mother's house would include not only all of the relatives, but also all of the servants. In the Bible, whenever they say household, it includes every servant. 29. And Rebekah had a brother, and his name was 
Laban. And Laban ran out unto the man, unto the fountain. Now Laban is going to have a big role later on in future chapters. So remember his name. He's the brother of Rebekah. 30. And it came to pass when he saw the ring, Laban, and the bracelets upon his sister's hands, and when he heard the words of Rebekah his sister, saying, Thus spoke the man unto me, that he came unto the man, and behold, he stood by the camels at the fountain. 31. And he said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I have cleared the house and made room for the camels. So Laban is excited. He's already prepared a place for the servant. And he said, What are you waiting out here for? We have a place for you to stay. 32. And the man came into the house, and he ungirded the camels, and he gave straw and provender for the camels, and water to wash his feet, and the feet of the men that were with him. So the servant had taken other servants to help out with all the animals, and with packing the girl up, and taking her back to Isaac, and all of that. It's interesting how the servants are never named, and that's because they're not, they're part of Abraham's household, but they're not his children. 33. And there was set food before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And he, he said, Speak on. So Laban said, Speak on. 34. And he said, I am Abraham's servant. 35. And the Lord hath blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he hath given him flocks and herds, and silver and gold, and men servants and maidservants, and camels and asses. So he's talking about Abraham's household and how big it is, how great it is. 36. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and unto him hath he given all that he hath. So the servant of Abraham is saying, Abraham had all this wealth, and it's got to go to somebody. 37. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife for my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. 38. But thou shalt go into my father's house, and to my kindred, and take a wife for my son. 39. And I said unto my master, Peradventure the woman will not follow me. 40. And he said unto me, The Lord, before whom I walk, will send his angel with thee, and prosper thy way, and thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred, and of my father's house. 41. Then shalt thou be clear from my oath, when thou comest to my kindred, and if they give her not to thee, thou shalt be clear from my oath. So he's telling Nahor's family the whole story, but it doesn't sound like Nahor is here, because the brother Laban is doing all the talking. To me, it sounds like Nahor has already passed away, because now Laban is in charge of the family. The servant is explaining to Laban and the rest of the house that he was sent to find Rebekah, and now that he's found her, all he needs to know is her answer. Is it yes or no? And if she says no, then he's done his part and he can go home. But she won't get all of those riches. But if she says yes and goes with him, she'll be very, very wealthy woman. 42. And I came this day unto the fountain and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way which I go. 43. Behold, I stand by the fountain of water, and let it come to pass that the maiden that cometh forth to draw, to whom I shall say, Give me, I pray thee, a little water from thy pitcher to drink. 44. And she shall say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord hath appointed for my master's son. 45. And before I had done speaking to my heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down unto the fountain and drew. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. 46. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder, and said, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. So I drank, and she made the camels drink also. 
So now he's telling them his testimony. This whole thing is his testimony, and that's why he's rehashing the whole story, because it's a beautiful testimony of the Lord. But it also shows the family that God really did pick Rebecca, because Rebecca did exactly the sign the servant was looking for. And so it proves to Laban and Rebecca and the mother that she really is the one. 47. And I asked her and said, Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore unto him. And I put the ring upon her nose and the bracelets upon her hands. And we'll see later on the Israelites do like to wear rings in their noses. We'll see this in Moses' time. Hundreds of years later, they're still wearing rings in their noses. 48. And I bowed my head and prostrated myself before the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter for his son. So then he says he praised the Lord at that, at that point once he knew that Rebekah was the one. 49. And now if ye will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or the left. So now he's saying, and he still hasn't eaten anything, because his mission is more important than dinner. And so he said, give me my answer now. He wants his answer before dinner. 50. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, the thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. 51. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord hath spoken. So they're giving Rebekah permission to go and marry Isaac and live in Canaan. 52. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself down to the earth unto the Lord. So now he's praising the Lord a second time. The first time he praised the Lord because he found Rebekah. Now he's praising the Lord because Rebekah's family have given her permission to go with him. See how he praises the Lord at every step. You and I need to do the same thing. Every time we have even part of a blessing, we should thank and honor the Lord. 53. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. So now he's presenting the dowry. 54. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning, and he said, Send me away unto my master. Notice that all the business was finished before the servant was willing to eat. And I think that's pretty cool. He was so intent on the Lord's business that he didn't want to celebrate until it was done. And sometimes with us, we celebrate prematurely. I noticed that in the state where I live, they celebrate when a kid passes kindergarten. And I'm not saying that's evil, but it, that's pretty premature because the kid doesn't have much of a future until they pass high school. They have to graduate from high school. Graduating from kindergarten really isn't that important. I mean, they love their kids and they love celebrating with their kids and there's nothing wrong with it. But it is very premature and we tend to do that in Western culture. We pretty much celebrate anytime somebody wipes their nose, almost. People get rewards and awards for doing virtually nothing a lot of times. But here, the servant has completed his obligation. All he needs to do is transport her back. So now he can eat. 55. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at the least ten. After that, she may go. So they don't want to give her up too quickly. 
56. And he said unto them, Delay me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. So he's intent on completing the Lord's business. He doesn't want to sit and revel in a job half done. He got the girl, but now he needs to get her back to Isaac. And there's no point in delaying the Lord's will. And so this is a good principle for you and I as well. Don't delay the Lord's will. If he wants you to do something, do it now. 57. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. 58. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. So thankfully, uh, Rebekah is willing to obey the Lord immediately. 59. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, and his men. In the olden times, sometimes when a woman had a baby, she didn't wean her own child. If it was a rich woman, um, she had what was called a wet nurse, and the wet nurse would actually wean the child. So the nurse would provide milk for a kid that isn't her own. 60. And they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of ten thousands, and let thy seed possess the gate of those that hate them. So they're blessing her appropriately because she's already had that blessing through Isaac. That's how God blessed Isaac. And so, 61. And Rebekah arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man, and the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Nahor's household was rich too. And so Rebecca is able to leave with her own property and her own group of servants. And so all those camels are needed. 62. And Isaac came from the way of Ber Lahoiroi, for he dwelt in the land of the south. 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the eventide, eventide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. I don't think Abraham has died yet. But Isaac's mother, Sarah, has died. And now Isaac lives in Ber Lahoi Roy, which must be somewhere close to where Abraham lives. And now he sees all the camels of Abraham's servant returning. 64. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she alighted from the camel. So she, when she saw Isaac, she got off the camel. 65. And she said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? She was instantly intrigued with Isaac. And the servant said, It is my master. And she took her veil and covered herself, because it was customary to be covered until the wedding. 66. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. 67. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her, and Isaac was comforted for his mother. So he takes Rebekah as a wife to live in his mother's tent, and he's happy now that he has his own wife now that his, his mom is gone. He has a woman to love and take care of him. And so they consummate their wedding that very night, and that concludes Genesis chapter 24.